0: Hey everybody, welcome again to The Tradescast, a podcast dedicated to everything in the world of entertainment. For your enjoyment, my name is Jeff Bob. And I am Tom Moss, and this is The Tradescast for the week of, what week is this, Jeff? March 26th, baby.
1: March 26th. It feels like yesterday we were celebrating Christmas. I know, it it actually was
0: yesterday. Well, we're in a movie, Tom, and um, (laughs) there's time travel, but I don't want to try to explain to you, because usually time travel movies, if you go too deep. Don't make any sense. Um, There was a calendar montage where December was ripped off and January ripped off. We are in March. It's a montage. Um, you know, speaking of doesn't make any sense, let's just start with net neutrality. Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about it and you can always go back in our archives and listen. There's been, uh, we've had some really interesting talks about it. We didn't know what would happen with Tom Wheeler and the old FCC chair and, um, whether or not net neutrality would be one of these things that, stayed afloat that the that the smaller players in the internet game would have the same ability for access um, as uh as the big giants and um, it looked like it was going to be upheld but now uh Tommy it looks like not only will it not but that um, a lot of the privacy issues that appeared to be going in favor of the consumer are, are are going to be rolled back or or not uh, implemented, and in favor of the giant, um, you know, communications corporations. I, I guess I guess you're going to have to color me not surprised. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I, I would think that I've always thought that this issue was a little bipartisan in the sense that there are a lot of Republicans or people who consider themselves conservative. I thought um in the world, maybe not in Congress, that that wanted more privacy and that um, were very much for the free enterprise, you know, for open business. Doesn't this feel like it doesn't quite fit the exact, quote, Republican or conservative party lines? Uh, in
1: any normal situation, I would say that's absolutely right. But, uh, you know, we are not living in, in normal times by any means. Uh so what this particular case Jeff and I think you're right I mean I think this is the uh the uh, edge of the blade uh with more to follow uh is rolling back uh the the ability of um uh, of uh, internet providers to uh surveil to track uh what we do online. Jeff this is something that Facebook and Google already do and I think that was part of the argument um, by the, uh, to the FCC is that this is already happening. It's just putting ATT, AT&T, Verizon and Charter and others at a disadvantage because they can't do it. So, um, in terms of the politics of it, I think, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm rather surprised that we haven't seen at least a libertarian wing of the Republican party come out against this. But on the other hand, uh, you know, Jeff, with all of the 10 or 12 or 20 or 40 other things that we can point to that, um, that uh, people are concerned about. I think this suffers from simply just not being a priority at the moment or, or being lost in the shuffle. And it's also, it's complicated to explain. And, and, uh, that point about it's already happening, so what's the difference? You know, that, that, that might be hard to overcome. True, but they could have gone
0: the other way instead of saying, oh, well, they're getting to do it, Facebook and Google. It should, it could have gone the other way, which was, hey, we need to crack down on Facebook and Google. It could have gone that way. You know what I mean? But, uh, Obviously, that's not the way they opted. But don't you see this, again, and you mentioned this um, as being the beginning, don't you see this as having a, a larger impact, though, on the entire uh, concept of net neutrality in terms of these major corporations getting more of a break in terms of, of what they're allowed to do in terms of access?
1: Um, well, yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, uh, I mean, I think the big issue that we talked about last time we talked about net net neutrality was the, um, the, uh, the differential pricing structures of, uh, of, of speed. So being able to sell, um, advertisers, a uh, greater access to, um, to, uh, to, to the internet than, than just the, the regular schmoes. Um, so, uh, you know, which would have benefited companies like Netflix. So that was upheld. Uh, in favor of um, the hoi polloi. I, I don't know if um, if uh, if we're seeing uh, if we're seeing a shift in the thinking of of the culture, we're certainly seeing a shift in the thinking of the FCC. That goes without saying. But if uh, just, uh, you know, conflict fatigue is going to make these rules a lot easier to pass right now, uh, that may that may be true. And that may be what we're up against. So uh, I don't know that we're seeing a, a, a shift in the attitude about net neutrality. But just a shift toward um, a litany of other things that people are, frankly, a little more concerned about.
0: I guess this is just going to be a straight up um, "this is how Congress works" thing. If if Congress shifts back to a, a Democrat um, Senate, then we're just going to see this change again. And is that what's? Are we just going to keep seeing this go back and forth over the course of years? I guess. Well, um, I mean,
1: that's that's the history of the country. So yes, probably. But, uh As I understand it this was not a a congressional ruling this is an FCC ruling which is um uh part of the executive branch. So um I don't know if we will see Congress pick up uh some legislation a- about this uh you know again when and uh at the expense of what else uh that they uh, are interested in doing right now. Uh or if we wait, you know, another 3 years and 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 roll the dice with the next president um or sooner, perhaps. Well, <laughs> we'll,
0: well, you know, you mentioned that as well, and and part of the uh, part of the budget proposal for um, President Trump is that um, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting lose its funding of um, a few hundred million dollars. This has always uh, been kind of a um, a, a platform um, idea for the. Republican president going back to Nixon basically and Mitt Romney was uh, pushing for this and, um, and of course Trump is president. So, um, he's pushing for this. It has never seen the light of day in terms of uh, completely eliminating funding. Funding keeps getting cut. Um, but it hasn't ever eliminated. Now there are some people who believe that, um, with all the corporation sponsoring and individual sponsoring that it's not that it will die. Um, but it will take a blow from it, um, but then there are people on the inside say that it the effects will be incredibly devastating um, but I've heard people on the inside Tom say, "Hey, look, um, we've been dependent on the government, and maybe we shouldn't be um I, I talk about this with my classes all the time, and uh, to be fair, although I think that we don't fund it enough um I do think that, um, you could see the other side, which is, hey, should it be government funded anymore? I mean, what do you think is going to end up happening here? Do you think this is just an opening, um, an opening bid and this always comes up, but it never ends up actually getting through to completion?
1: Well, that's what's happened so far. And, uh, you know, again, who knows in this climate what, what will happen? Um, you know, Jeff, I used to make this argument, uh, that, uh, that it, that broadcasting should be market driven, and if there was not enough market to support public broadcasting, then it should just, uh, uh, it should just go away. Um, I've, I've mellowed a bit in my old age, I guess, and I, I, I think, um, I mean, I think there is a, a need, uh, for a, a public, a public broadcasting, and the days of it being advertising free are long gone, so to the degree that it actually is public is something that's up for debate. Um, I think uh, I think to, to your first point, uh, there are a lot of stations, uh, organizations in America that would not suffer too much. And I'm thinking about your, uh, you know, your WBEZs in Chicago, your WNYCs, uh, um, what's the one in Boston, WGB, GBC. Uh Those stations are um, are going to be fine. I mean, they're they're in large markets. They could um, ramp up their Fund, drive, fund drives. They have corporate sponsors. Jeff, the thing—the stations that are going to suffer are the ones that are in uh, in rural areas in, uh, in, in small university town, land grant university towns uh, like Carbondale, Illinois. Uh, there is not a foundational base, uh, a development base in that region to support uh, what is a very expensive undertaking. So um, <clears throat> those are the those are the the stations that uh, that would suffer. Um, I think that is, um, in fact, if anything, what might help save, uh, public broadcasting, at least in some part with, uh, with uh, maintaining some federal funding, is that, uh, those markets rely on the news and the programming of those stations in a way that, that maybe the larger markets just don't. Um, so I think, uh, I, th- and those, those stations can be red or blue or whatever. Sure. And in so, the, um, in the grand
0: scheme, um, and this is usually what ends up happening. The amount of money is so small um uh, that usually that's what happens is that people realize that there there are a few people who are going to balk about it and you're right across party lines um and it can be just like the people you're talking about in smaller communities and and then they realize it's such a small amount <laughs> that <Yeah. laughs>
1: in the grand let's, scheme <laughs> let's be let's be really clear this is not about money. Uh, no, it's... the amount of money that it takes to fund public broadcasting is a fraction of what it takes to, um, you know, provide Secret Service uh, support for, you know, name whomever. Uh, so it it is about the culture wars and it is about a symbolic gesture. Um, but that doesn't doesn't say that those those kinds of gestures don't have extreme power. So mm-hmm. we will have to see how this develops. But I I wouldn't count public broadcasting or the NEH uh, or the NEA completely out yet. Um, <clears throat> we've been down this road many times, so
0: right. So you got to just wait. It's a little bit of a wait and see, but we will. We will be watching and talking about it. Um, another thing that's showing up, and this is an interesting one, um, is that there are, and it's a growing list of major advertisers who are going to stop running uh, YouTube ads. Uh, ads, and this is interesting because uh, if you talk to particularly younger people and ask them what their favorite shows are on, quote, TV, um, you will find just a, a sharp, sharp increase in them saying that it's something on YouTube, that the, there are YouTube channels that are their number one or two or three go-to. And, um, and, of course, it's become really lucrative really fast. We're talking about just the last couple of years. Uh, so this could be a, a major impact if the number of, of advertisers – um, gr- that leave, grow. Um, so you want to explain why this is happening and what do you think about it?
1: Well, you know, it's, um, it's happening because ads are not bought online, uh, at least on YouTube in the way that, uh, ads have been bought in the media for the last uh, 50, 70 years, 100 years, probably maybe ever. Um, which is to say the advertiser can't say, I would like to buy, uh, three 30 second ads in two broke girls, um, and, uh, or whatever else. Uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, uh, uh, in, instead, uh, just because of the vast amount of programming uh, that is on YouTube and the, the vast array, uh, it's bought algorithmically. And so an advertiser could end up, and this is what's, what's prompted, uh Johnson and Johnson and others to pull their ads from YouTube it could add it could end up next to a a a video from the the KKK or or whatever uh hate groups and i think hate groups is what they're particularly concerned about so um jeff i i think uh i think this is concerning but i don't think it's a long term issue i think uh google will figure out how to deal with this they will um tweak and make some changes and introduce some new uh algorithms and um, Johnson & Johnson will stay away for enough time and then come back, and this will all go away. But I think it is um, it is definitely interesting to see how advertising is moving. Uh, we would not be having this conversation 10 years ago uh, in any way, shape, or form about any kind of advertising online. Uh, and now it's a major news story. Yeah, absolutely, because
0: you don't want your ad to run right next to some kind of hate speech um, or really to almost anything controversial. If you're an advertiser, um, and, and so well, a certain kind of
1: advertiser,
0: sure, I of mean,
1: course, yeah, right.
0: But but most advertisers are trying to, you know, and you are right. I mean, early on in broadcasting, um, advertisers actually created the content. Um, and then sold it to networks, so they they sponsored a show, and then eventually the network started creating shows and then solicited advertisers for that show, um, and so it, it doesn't seem like it's impossible to come up with that, one of those two formulas, again, where it's simply, uh, it's it's very much in conjunction, like, this is the right show for this kind of advertising, um, and, um, yeah, so we're going to have to see, I'm sure they are working hard at this, because if Because the number of advertisers is growing, so um, they don't want to lose this money. Um, Speaking of money, there's a couple of funny money stories that I uh, like, Tom. One of my favorites happened. uh, It's been happening for weeks and weeks, and I'm using happening in quotes. But um, (laughs) there was this whole um, uh, movement Toward, uh, boycotting the Beauty and the Beast movie because it was quote, uh, it had a gay, it it had gay theme in it. It had a character who was gay and it was going to be a big boycott. Yeah, I got to boycott this movie. There were people even in Congress who spoke out against this movie, which by the way, just in case you missed it, (coughs) um, grossed $175 million domestically and $180 million overseas the first week. Um, so it was a ginormous hit. If um, there was a boycott a boycott it, it did not work we, no we that's what I'm, it. and that's the beauty I, it, it cracks me up because um it reminded me a lot that the southern baptist convention has frequently tried to boycott disney because disney um has a very um kind of pro gay stance on all its employees and having um You know, health benefits for partners and all kinds of things. And, and I always laugh when they think, we're not going to Disneyland and Disney World. And all I think is Disney's thinking, okay, sure you're not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, but isn't it funny that this kind of thing, there's all this yelling and screaming and then it just nothing happens, right? I mean, it's just no, um, there's no teeth to any of this. Do you, do you think that particularly with gay issues that for the most part that people have just moved on from this?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think I think there's definitely been a cultural shift, and we've seen that in the uh, in the rulings from the Supreme Court, and the culture, and the what we see on TV. So, of course, that's right. Um, I wonder about the efficacy of boycotts, and if you can point to one um, in in recent memory, anyway, that has been effective. I, I don't. I and well, and, and, and that said, I mean, we have seen advertisers uh, shrink away from uh Breitbart and, and others that uh have, have that have been victims of uh, if you want to use that word of um boycotts from the left. Uh I you could probably name some from the right, but um I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh so, you know, I wonder if it's if it's the the economic uh uh, uh concern that people are actually gonna stop buying the product. Or if it's just something more of the, the, the marketing concern, the bad press, that it's actually better for companies to pull advertising, um, than, uh, than, than face continued bad press. Does that make sense? I guess it's the same thing when you think about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it's, I, I guess you're going to, you're going to make an argument if you want to. And the great thing about, um, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm using great almost as a joke is that, if you yell loud enough, the media is going to cover it, even if it's just a a real fringe group. And maybe that's a bad thing, or or maybe it's okay. All the voices should be heard, even the voices that I vehemently disagree with. Um, But I was very happy to see that um, the movie just did not have... It wasn't affected by this particular thing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. that, it, it just seems to think, show me that society, in many ways, just has said, um, this isn't going to stop me. By the way, I didn't get to go to the movie, but my wife and, and daughter went to the movie. And my wife, um, she said she actually dropped something on the ground and bent down to pick it up. And then when she sat up, she realized she had missed, quote, the gay thing. That's how short it was. <laughs> she couldn't believe it. The one time she dropped something, the gay thing happened, and she missed it. So that's how short it was. Uh, so there was a lot of brouhaha over something that short. So um, um, I, I don't know uh, what kind of impact it had. I will tell you, my 5-year-old did not come home and ask me about the, the uh, gay elements of Beauty and the Beast. So... Uh, now a, a money story that's not as funny and uh, and maybe is right at this moment one of the more important things that we can talk about is another potential writer strike. Now it's been a while since there's been a writer strike. Um uh, the but the writer's killed right now is pretty serious about this. I've talked to some people on the inside. Um there is a there has been growing resentment right now for salaries for writers, and there's a lot of anger going on. And the thing, Tom, that I don't think a lot of people realize is this. There are way more shows than there ever have been. But the number of episodes of shows is actually not increasing very much. It's almost flatlined. Um, And so what's happening is that the salaries are not are not escalating the way that you would think that they would. Um, they're, they're, they're actually very flat. So what's happening is people are being asked to work very hard on fewer episodes and they're not making as much money. And so a lot of this content that you're really into, you would be surprised that, um, the salaries are not quite as big as you would think they are. And, and Tom, I think this really is a a strike that's looming. They, they, the writers guild, um, Basically, making sure that their writers know that they are—they're going to negotiate on their behalf, and if they're going to call a strike, it may happen quickly. So, um, do you think that? um, I I know this is not your world, but um, do you think that it could have a major impact on on people right now? Because you know, people are watching so much content, and for the writers to just walk away, um, it could have a pretty massive impact for a while
1: you know this is really um you know it's it's a uh, it's it's a uh, hollywood is 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 one of the last maybe the last uh towns where labor has a really strong foothold i can't think of another town another industry um that is so uh so well and and so well organized so um you know this this is this is a labor battle that we're we're seeing less and less of in every other industry but Jeff, every other industry is also being affected by the same kind of disruption that uh, the the film and, and screenwriting industry is is being uh, being is confronting. So um, you know, I my I, my inclination is to support labor absolutely, um, but I'm also wondering how this can shake out. So you know, the so-called now peak TV means that, um, you know, what used to be 24 episode seasons are now 12 episode seasons or six episode seasons. And there's just a lot more of them. So there's a lot more work, but no more, no more money and maybe in some ways less money. Uh, so while sympathetic to labor, absolutely. Uh, I don't know enough. And maybe you can inform me about the economic model is is somebody getting rich here? Yes. I'm, I'm yeah, the, the, absolutely. Okay. So who's so fill me in. Who's who's getting rich and where is the money and and uh, how should that be going to the WGA writers?
0: Yeah, well the the I mean the the upper echelon, the networks um, and the content providers are seeing a real sharp increase in profits and it, it is not trickling down. And these writers are, and again, the I, the concept they've been arguing from a place of strength, which is we can just find other writers, and um, and or you have work, so be happy about it. And yes, there are more places for writers to work, but uh, and I'm not saying that writers should all be millionaires, but you would be stunned to know when that a writer's out there making a hundred thousand dollars for a. a, a you know, a modest but legitimate hit show. Um, when you you're probably thinking they're making a million dollars, and these are people who work, you know, eighteen hour days, months at a time. And um, and while there are lots of writers, and there is a, there are a lot of good shows, I think if you see a strike, it's going to have a, a real serious impact on uh, on these people who are making the profits because. Um, people want their content and they want it right away. And if you've got a YouTube channel with some goofy guy who's, you know, not scripted and doing whatever he wants, you might just see people walk away from, um, these shows. So, um, I, I think they'll come up with some kind of agreement, but they better come up with it pretty soon because a writer's strike will be, um, uh, will have a pretty dramatic impact on the, on the entire industry. So, yeah, all those shows you like? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's um,
1: it's uh, you know, I I hear you, and I, I I know there's an argument to be made, and if I was a a, a screenwriter, I I certainly would be making it, um, but when I see what has happened to other unionized workforces across the country. Uh, and that have been and decimated and, uh, and, and whose jobs have just disappeared, um, to, to muster the, the sympathy for a, a writer who chose to be a writer and is only making $100,000 on a project. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, I need, I guess I need some more information.
0: Well, we will, we'll track it as it happens. I'm hoping instead they'll just make a negotiation and, um, in good faith and this won't happen. And lots of people in, uh, in Hollywood, what was their job? So we'll be tracking it. Uh, we'll come back in the next couple of weeks and we will see where it is. Uh, we'll also have to track, um, a ghost in the shell. I'm fascinated to see how it's going to do. But there again, there's been a lot of backlash for casting somebody white in an Asian role and we'll see if it impacts the box office at all. I don't think it will, but, uh, we'll be looking into that and everything else in the world of entertainment for your enjoyment. So for Tom, um, Jeff. Have a great day.